Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening by Robert Frost Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near between the woods and frozen lake the darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I have promises to keep, and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. Robert Frost is one of the most widely respected and accomplished American poets of all time. His simple yet profound work has touched the minds and hearts of millions. His extraordinary use of language has offered numerous interpretations by readers. But a closer look at the poet's ideas helps in interpreting the underlying messages of his poetry. Careful analysis of Frost's poem, Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening, and the romantic philosophies that influenced him, help in understanding how the poem's themes of civilization, wilderness, and responsibility were reflected in Frost's own life and beliefs. Vanessa K. Eccles, and this is Fabled. Frost's romantic notions are different from his contemporaries. Unlike the highly intellectual musings of Ezra Pound and George Eliot, or the imagistic writings of William Williams and Hilda Doolittle. Frost explores romanticism and poetry by combining humble life with surprising meaning. In his poetry, the boundaries between the real and the dream world blur. Frost mirrors Wordsworth's goal to create a certain coloring of imagination. For Frost and other romantics, the imaginary competes with reality which creates a magical experience for readers. The beginning of the poem expresses to readers the difference between civilization and wilderness. The narrator says, Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. In these two lines, the speaker is defining that people do not belong in the woods. The owners of the woods are not even there. They're in the village. Even the horse seems to know this truth. The speaker continues, My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near. The horse senses that the narrator and it are out of place there, because there is no home in sight. The message is that one should not stop in the wilderness 
or the unknown because there is a loss of civility in the wild. Even though one may yearn to stay, it's not acceptable to remain apart from civilization. At least not for long. Frost's exploration of the separation of civility and wilderness indicates that he recognizes how his untamed, creative spirit is set apart from civilization. In order to create, one must escape from reality into the depths of imagination, and being too connected with society prohibits that necessary excursion. He says, the best things and best people rise out of their separateness. I am against a homogenized society because I want the cream to rise. Frost probably felt that his creative spirit was hampered by the homogenized society in which he lived. The poem's expression of society is juxtaposed with the wilderness. The woods represent wildness, madness, and the unknown. In the most romantic sense, the woods symbolize freedom and imagination. The narrator longs for the woods. He says, the woods are lovely, dark, and deep. The speaker wants to explore and break free from civilization and roam into the mysterious woods, perhaps to satisfy curiosity or break free from societal restrictions. The desire to stay in the woods is possibly a cry from Frost himself. When referring to poetry, he says, Poetry is a momentary stay against confusion. Frost poetry frequently uses the woods as a setting, which alludes to his own cravings to be part of the uninhabited, shadowy wilderness of his own imagination. Although there is a desire for the uninterrupted exploration of imagination, it is inhibited at the end of the poem when the narrator speaks about his or her personal duties. The speaker says, after being tempted by the beauty of the woods, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. There is a sense of obligation and exhaustion in these lines from the duties that he or she has promised to fulfill. The narrator feels compelled to keep up with the expectations set on them by society and reluctantly refuses the temptation to stay in the woods. These expectations and temptations also mimic Frost's real life in 1925, when this poem was published, Frost was working as a teacher at the University of Michigan. His life was filled with obligations both professionally and relationally. He had a wife and children to support. Frost, like many people, may have had a difficult time balancing work, writing, and family. His growing obligations probably would have kept him from traveling into his own imagination through writing as often as he would have liked. Grown-up responsibilities sometimes cripple creative creations. In stopping by woods on a snowy evening, Frost uses his creative spirit to share his thoughts with audiences. 
He says, We write of things we see, and we write in accents we hear. Thus we gather both our material and our technique with the imagination from life. Frost wrote from his own experiences from the life he lived, so there is a piece of him in every work. In this 16-line poem, he reveals the conflicts between society, wilderness, imagination, and obligation. Frost's romantic soul is clearly evident in a few clever lines of poetry, seemingly about a ride home on a snowy night. His amazing ability to take the ordinary and make it extraordinary promises to keep readers' intrigue for generations to come. Fabled is produced by me, with music by Kevin McLeod. I hope you have enjoyed the first week of Fabled February, where I've been sharing many episodes on a variety of topics that I find fascinating. When you do this, as long as I have, you come across a lot of topics that hold your interest and that you're fascinated to research, but there's not a lot of information out there about the topic that can make for a full episode. So in this month, I was hoping to touch on some of these things, and I hope that they intrigue you as much as they do me. I will continue releasing mini-episodes throughout the month of February, but come March, Fable will be back to its normal programming. Until next week, thank you for listening.